If you were looking for career advice from a career coach and he had led teams that have placed over 6,000 pros in 21 industries, worked at the largest Fortune 500 recruitment firm in the world, was responsible for over $50 million of placements of executives, and was one of the top recruiters recognized nationally while serving in the United States Army, you'd probably say he's qualified. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast career competition is fierce. If you're a director, a VP, or an executive, this podcast is for you. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast, and this is your host, Tim Madden. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast with your host, Tim Madden. Hey, if you don't know me, I help those targeting six figures or multiple six figures find jobs they love quickly. Hey, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network, which is the fastest growing network on Facebook. Check us out. We are now uh, 7,000 members that are directors, VPs, and executives from primarily not only in America, but sometimes across the globe. So, hey, do me a favor. If you're watching live in the Executive Career Network, let me know in the comments. We also stream live to LinkedIn. So, hey, if you're on LinkedIn, hello. Nice to meet you. Comment below. We also stream to everywhere on the internet, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google. We're streaming to uh, YouTube now. If there's a place to stream, we're probably streaming into it right now. Hey, do me a favor. If I give you any value today, leave me a review over on iTunes. I'll post the link uh, down below in just a little bit. If I give you anything valuable, which I know I will, on this segment today, hey, it helps get this message out to other people that are looking for that career transformation. So maybe it's you can share this with a friend, a family member, a business associate who's in a job search right now. They, this could be just what they needed to hear for today's topic today, what, which we'll get into in just a second. But hey, before we get started, there's one thing I want to cover. Um, it's kind of non-related for today's topic. The importance of having multiple offers, okay? We just had a person inside the Executive Career Upgrades um community, right? Have an offer come in, which was still a 10% increase. So, so great for him. But the good news is he had other things in the pipeline that are going to be massive, even probably more massive. So the goal of everybody listening to this podcast, right? If you're in a career search is how can I get to that multiple offer level so that I have some options so that I'm not you know, kind of forced to take a position that maybe is an upward mobility move, maybe comes with a more, a little more compensation, right? So that's the goal of this podcast, um, why we created it, right? To give you the taxes and strategies you need to su- succeed to get the, to that multiple offer situation that just happened. And that's great for this professional because they have three other things in the pipeline. So they felt comfortable turning down an offer, which is absolutely where everyone listening today where I want you to be as well. So let's get into today's episode. But first, as always, if you need help in your career, you can go over to executivecareerupgrades.com backslash podcast, post the link in the comments right now and have a conversation that likely you've never had before about how do I know what I need to be targeting? How do I get on interviews? How do I convert those interviews to offers, right? So um, you can go there, check out some information, book a free consultation with us. So let's get started. Episode 24, probably 
one of the things I talk about almost every day, right? How do we get people, hiring managers, to remember you? Think about what's going on in the job market right now. 4% is leaving their jobs every single month. So with that being said, while there's still an influx of open positions across corporate America at every single level to include the C-suite, there is also an abundance of applicants because lots of these individuals are leaving jobs. So how do you get hiring managers to remember you as they're likely interviewing other candidates for this role that have the same degree as you, the same education, the same certifications, the same amount of time in the work workforce, the same accomplishments and achievements as you do. Well, if that's what you're looking for, I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast today. So let's get started. Number one, do you know how to have a powerful conversation? And if not, we're going to break down the steps for you if you're taking notes. Okay. So how do I make sure that I have the framework for a powerful conversation so I know what am I going to say at the beginning of an interview? What am I going to say in the middle of an interview? What am I going to say at the end of the interview? And more importantly, after that leaves, right, after that conversation has ended, how do I control the next steps and how do I follow up as they're likely going to be meeting more candidates before they move into the next round or have a decision. Let's get started. Okay. One of the biggest things that individuals that I've coached, you know, many, many, many people throughout the years, it all starts at the beginning of the conversation. I've talked about this on a couple of previous podcasts, right? Do you know how to brand yourself? as a leader in your industry. Now, just because you make six, you know, just because you don't make X amount of money, etc., you can still be a leader in your industry at the six figure mark. How are you starting this conversation? How is your pitch? You know, there's been, a, there's a study or, you know, an article post on LinkedIn, you know, I think two years ago, but still remains true that hiring managers are going to make an initial decision within the first 60 seconds of hiring you. How was your pitch? If you don't know how to formulate that, you should go check out, uh, go through my podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'll, I'll, I'll post it in a couple minutes so that we can get your pitch straight. Because if you fail there, the beginning doesn't matter, the end doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter about how you follow up with these individuals. Because they're going to make a first impression on you. No different than our podcast a couple weeks ago, job search is a lot like dating, right? If you go on a date, you have a first bad initial impression, you're probably not going to go on another date and you're probably not going to get another interview. Again, we're not talking about your, your skills or your education right now. We're talking about your ability to have a powerful conversation and highlight your accomplishments and achievements relative to what you're targeting. How well can you do that? Do you have it written out? Have you practiced? Do you feel comfortable? Hopefully. Next, the middle of the org or the middle of that conversation. How are you answering those questions? When they give you a question on the interview, how are you answering it? When you're trying to highlight relative to what you do and, and how this applies, 
Some people call it the star method. I call it, we call it here at ECU storytelling. Are you able to highlight your accomplishments and achievements when you answer questions? If you don't, you are missing out on a vital step in the interview process. The analogy easiest I can give you is this. Say you have a terminal illness right now. You have a terminal illness. You're going to call one doctor and say, I have a terminal illness. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. What are they going to say? Let's come in for a consultation. Let's say you call another doctor and say, I have a terminal illness. And that doctor says something along these lines. Hey, Tim, over the past 20 years, I've treated 330 people just like you that were just in the same exact situation with the same illness. I've been able to create, I have a blueprint and a strategy for putting your illness in remission and it works 96% of the time. Let me know in the comments, what doctor are you going to? You're going to go to the first one. Yeah, we can help. You're going to go to the second one who has, you know, a history. Maybe the first one, let's pause for a sec. Maybe that first person does have that same experience, but what happens? They didn't highlight it. Who do you feel comfortable going with? Probably going to go with doctor number two, right? There's nothing more frustrating to get beat out in interviews with people actually less qualified than you, but know how to communicate their value more effectively and know how to listen and figure out on that call what's important to them, what are their challenges, and how can I directly relate my background to make them feel comfortable that they know I can solve their challenges and I can do what's expected of them. If you do not know how to do this, and if you do not have a good pitch, it's going to be a rough ride for you in 2022. Because you're going to get out by people who know how to do this, who could potentially have less skills, less accomplishment, less education, but they're going to be selected over you. So again, how are you handling the middle of this call? When we talk about accomplishments and achievements, those are essentially your statistics. Here's what I mean by this. The only thing that sets people apart in the marketplace is their football stats, as I like to call them. If you're a general manager of a football team, what do you want to know about? What's their pass completion percentage? How fast can they run, etc.? Can we all agree if you're watching this podcast right now, that's how professional people in sports are paid. They're paid based on their statistics. For my UFC fans out there, right? We know that Khabib, if you're a UFC fan, who's 30 and 0, for that guy to take a fight, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Conor McGregor, they're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Why is that? because of his reputation and the stats and et cetera that he's had throughout his career. So your failure to do this in an interview to find out, forget the job description, what are you really looking for? They'll typically tell you, right? I'm looking for someone to train the team. I'm looking for someone to cut costs, save money, build a high performing team, whatever it is, because it's always going to be different. Okay. How can we make that person feel comfortable? 
How can we leave that conversation? So that hiring manager, right? That executive, that VP, that director says, wow, Tim Madden did a phenomenal job. I really like that guy, but it doesn't stop there. How do we do that? When we're asked questions, we have to use this story frame, you know, model, if you will. So if they're talking about training, I should let that person know if training is important to them because I asked, Hey, I'm glad you brought up training. I'm going to give you an analogy. When I worked at IBM five years ago, I was the director of product management. I oversaw a team of these people and we were tasked with accomplishing this within that IBM division. Here's what I found to be successful while training large teams. Now we get into our philosophy of training, but we don't stop there. Then we go into the results. Because I was able to train this team effectively on these things using my training methodology, these are some of the results that I achieved. Most people, they might be good at talking about their background and how well they've done at training, and they don't list, you know, the number of people they've trained. They don't list the project, the programs they developed to train those individuals and the success of the program. If you don't do this, it's going to be hard to stand out and get a hiring manager to remember you. You have to know this storytelling model when you're asked questions or when you're asking questions, how to respond. We talk about the consultant approach inside the executive Girl upgrades coaching program. We talk about being a consultant because let's be honest, you're on the call because of one reason they have an open position and they probably have challenges. And to leave that phone call without uncovering what they're looking for truly besides a job description, uncovering those challenges and not reassuring him that you've been there, done that. These are the results. Again, it's going to be a painful ride for you in 2022. And I don't want that to happen to you, which is why if you're tuning in, I'm really glad you're listening to this podcast because this is vital. The last thing is, how are you going to wrap up this conversation? Because you know what's coming every single time. We're interviewing more people. We'll be in touch. Most frustrating thing ever, right? And we, we frequently talk about how do we control the interview process and lock down next steps. We just had someone in our program who went on an interview. Let me give you an example. Now we're talking about the end and locking down next steps. Okay. So, if I'm talking to a hiring manager right now and he tells me the next step is to meet with Brad next week, he's going to set it up. And then after Brad, you're going to meet with me the following week. Most people will hang up. They'll wait for a phone call that never comes or keeps getting pushed back or someone else does a better job at controlling the interview process and they get hired above you and you wonder what you did wrong. So if the hiring manager tells me I'm meeting with Brad next week, who's his, his boss or a peer or something, and then I'm going to meet with him again, what isn't it logical and common sense that I would schedule the next call with the hiring manager on the phone? Because he already said, hey, it's the week of January 6th. I'm meeting with Brad the week of the you know, 10th. And the following week, he said, I'm going to connect with him. Why wouldn't you just schedule that right now? 
So you don't have to send seven emails back and forth to figure out via email or texting him when he's extremely busy. Why wouldn't we just walk down that call now? Control the interview process. So by now we've talked about the importance of a pitch, how most people, you know, don't do a good job of it and how vital it is answering storytelling and having a powerful conversation as a consultant to make them feel more comfortable, like my doctor analogy, and how do we control the process in the end so we don't have to keep sending emails, etc., on next steps. Next, how are you following up? Say you aren't able to lock down a call, say the call gets pushed back, say something happens and you're in follow-up mode, right? What do most people do when they follow up? They say this, hey, John, just checking in, just checking in, just checking in. Hey, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? That's not the way to follow up with people. So I'm going to give you some really good advice right now. Hopefully you're taking notes. Okay, here we go. It is, if I'm sending a follow-up message, hopefully on the initial call, I had a good pitch. I did storytelling. I tried to control the process if I could. And now I'm sending a follow-up to try to reconnect or for some purpose. Okay. I want to follow up about something in the conversation that was important to him. Maybe it was that question of what are you really looking for? Maybe it was that question of what are your challenges and asking follow on questions. Like for example, Hey Tim, we really have a turnover problem in our department. Hopefully you asked more questions like how long has this been going on? What is that costing your business? If we solve this, what would that mean? Key questions, right? That is what you follow up with. So let me give you an example. Hey, Misty, it was a pleasure meeting with you um, last week. I know you told me to get a hold of you this week. If you remember our call, one of the key things I remember is how follow is how turnover was affecting the organization, how it was increasing onboarding costs, recruiting costs, training and development costs. And you actually said you have been dealing with, with this for the past six months. As I mentioned on the call while I was here, I did that. These are some of the results associated. Hey, I really look forward to reconnecting. See how we're going to change up our follow-up a little bit. When you can put something, because here's the thing. I was joking in the ECU program yesterday. I asked someone, hey, what movies did you watch last week? They were like, dude, I have no idea, man. I don't remember what movies I watched. We're so busy in today's society, right? So sometimes, even if you have a power, powerful conversation last week, they talked to 40 other people, had seven business meetings and a bunch of stuff going on in their personal life. It's hard to remember things, right? How can we reignite our conversation when we send that follow-up message to encourage them to move on to that next step? Being able to master this is vital. So best advice, if you're following up with an individual, focus on key things that were important to them or key challenges they had and how you can help them in this process. Lastly, my favorite, every business professional nowadays is on LinkedIn. Being connected to people in HR, who you did an interview with, the hiring manager, the hiring manager's boss, et cetera, they're on LinkedIn scrolling every single day, looking at other people's content. 
In addition to a follow-up message, I highly encourage you to start posting things on LinkedIn content or start posting things on LinkedIn. For instance, if I'm in sales, each day I should make at a minimum one post talking about how I've made a sales team, how I've uh, developed a high-performing team, how I've ensured I've hit targets. See, I'm talking about anything sales related because the people you just went on interviews with are probably on LinkedIn and each time they see your name, they remember Tim Madden, sales executives, talking about building sales teams. Or maybe you can post topics of some of those businesses' challenges, training, onboarding, et cetera. Maybe now we're going to make a post talking about how I train my team effectively, how I did whatever it is that they were looking for. We want to have that omnipresence, right? No different than essentially LinkedIn is just advertising most of the time with everyone's posts. So why aren't you advertising yourself and your brand so that the hiring managers you just met with can remember you? Oh, and how about other people where they don't have jobs posted, where they're still looking for sales leaders? So to wrap up episode 24, how to get hiring managers to remember you. Do you know how to do your pitch? Do you know how to answer view interview questions? Do you know how to control the conversation? Do you know how to follow up? Do you know how to create content? Do you know how to do these things? If not, this is going to cost you a lot. It's going to add a lot of frustration into your life. You're going to get beat out by people less qualified. You're not going to reach your true potential in the marketplace. And how, how sad would it be if you were the most qualified person? Or how about this? What if you're not the most qualified person, but you're really good at interviewing and you're really good at impactful follow-up and getting people to feel comfortable bringing you on board? As always, if you need help in your career, okay, you can go over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. So you can schedule a call with our team so we can figure out, hey, why have you not had a massive career breakthrough so far? What challenges do you have in your shirts? How can we elevate you, right, to get you where you need to be so that you can get what you deserve in the marketplace and get the job and money that you deserve? If you're watching on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook right now, I post down below our past podcast episodes. If you're in a career search right now or you're considering one, I would highly recommend. We have many videos about salary negotiation, interview prep, um, mindset, which holds everyone back, how to show up confidently in the interview. I highly encourage you to take advantage of some of that free information. Until next week, I'll see you then.